happy Tuesday. So I wanted to dive right in to this word vulnerable. Uh, we used it last week in the podcast, the interview with Caesar, which is an awesome interview. I love sitting down with him. And we talked about his path uh, to vulnerability through um, emotional, you know, getting to his emotional sobriety. If you didn't listen to it, definitely go back and listen to it. But I thought about this word, you know, vulnerable. It's definitely a word that has gained a lot of traction over the last handful of years. Um, maybe it's the Me Too movement. Maybe I'm just waking up to this idea. I don't know. But I thought, let's let's kind of dissect this word a little bit. So what I want to do here is look at the word vulnerable to begin with and then share a little bit about my path, um, my own path to vulnerability, and then also some ways that maybe you could explore being vulnerable if that's something that you feel you're ready for. I'll give you some tips and tools of what's um, helped me over the the past few years. And then also if explore this idea is, is there such a thing as being too too vulnerable, you know, in this world of social media? So that's what I would like to explore with you all today. And so, yes, this word vulnerability, vulnerable, um, it definitely is something that we look at and we embrace as, at least in the world that I live in, (laughs) you know, I live in the yoga, self-care, healing world, and, you know, it's celebrated. Oh, she's so vulnerable and sharing. And I celebrate it, you know, I'm not just saying from the outside, but we all, you know, in the, within this world, we all celebrate people's vulnerabilities. <clears throat> but I don't remember it being such a thing before. And again, maybe I'm just waking up to this. But I thought, well, let's explore this word a little bit. So I Googled, because I no longer have my hard copy Webster's Dictionary. I think it might still be at my mom's. (laughs) But I Googled it, and I looked up the Webster's definition, and it was simply, vulnerable, is capable of being physically or emotionally wounded. Yeah, okay, I agree with that. Um, But it didn't go in as deep as how we share it we use this word, um, you know, in today's world. So I looked up in the Urban Dictionary, vulnerable, and it says, someone who is completely and rawly open and guarded with your hearts, minds, and soul. Being vulnerable happens when you trust completely. Rather, it's vulnerability by pain or joy. It's being exposed with all the emotions that make it easy for someone, someone you trust, to really do some emotional damage or healing. Vulnerability is the surrender of all control and personal power in regards to letting someone close enough to destroy you. Yeah. And yes, that is the word that we tend to gravitate towards, right? That definition of vulnerability is the one that we tend to gravitate towards these days. Um, So that's the definition of it. And what I wanted to kind of look at again is my own path because I was thinking, wow, this is not a word that I used to celebrate. You know, when you think of something being vulnerable, it's like, oh, they could get hurt. Oh, they're in this position that we need to go and protect them right? Because it's being capable of being physically or emotionally wounded. But now it's being celebrated in this way of actually going out and exposing yourself and having 
um, the courage, right, to really show whatever it is and have a potential of being, as they say, destroyed <laughs> or a way of healing. And um, it's just so interesting to me because as I've shared with you on my, you know, on a past podcast, um, particularly the lot, the story, my story and the loss of innocence, how I shared, you know, this moment in time when I was a child that I held on to until just a few years ago, you know, um, there were so many parts of my life when I was a child that I was very vulnerable. I was very much at risk of being physically and or emotionally wounded. And there were lots of scars, you know, um, that I hid for so long. And it was, um, it wasn't something that was celebrated, you know, in a lot of ways. And I hid them because I didn't want to continue to get hurt which was quite interesting now in retrospect, how I actually was creating more of these wounds, hiding the, the, the space, right? Those stories um, created more of the wounds. And I think that a lot of us experience that, at least in my, you know, my generation, I think that we all sort of grew up in this idea that there was an ideal family unit and we all were not, like uh, us individually were not that, but everybody outside of ourselves were that. Everybody else was normal, but then our own little family dynamic, whatever it was, was not normal. And it was again, this is from my perspective, we kind of hid things um, from our friends and our family, the peripheral, because they, they, um, they wouldn't get it, right? So, and then what I've come to realize is now as an adult, you know, late 20s, 30s, 40s, we start to share and we're like, oh my God, your family is just as messed up as mine or whatever it is, right? Um, that's the con conversations that kind of happened for me, you know, over time. I, the past few years, I've connected with some friends who I went to school with and <clears throat> having this very conversation, I mean, I reconnected with one of my friends who wrote a book and I read it and I thought, wow, I had no idea. We were somewhat close at this time that she wrote this, you know, that, that the book took place. Uh, I didn't realize, you know, how much pain she was in. I knew somewhat, you know, she was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis at a young age. So I knew physically, you know, she, I could see her um, vulnerability there, but I didn't get the whole emotional vulnerability because um, she was so strong on the outside. And, and um, we sat down just, I think it was like a couple of years ago now, maybe, I don't know, time is funny, but we reconnected and we shared, you know, what was going on in both of our lives at that time and space when we were friends. And it was just like, wow, we had no idea because we were both so scared and so um, mostly scared of being hurt even more. Not that we would hurt each other, but just um, didn't want to put ourselves in more of a vulnerable situation. So we hid our wounds and we, you know, kind of kept them to ourselves. And she's written this really beautiful book, Sonata, that I recommend by Andrea Avery, if you are interested on her story. But um, maybe I'll have her on a podcast sometime. Andrea, I'm coming for you. Uh, but yeah, I, I was just, it was just made me think about, and, you know, I've had other interactions with people that I grew up with or around, um, you know, in college 
too, of, you know, how we were all going through our own thing. We're all in our own little universes and not sharing and how that somewhat festered even more wounds, you know, and made us more vulnerable. And what really brought it to my attention was in 2013, as I shared in another podcast, you know, kind of when things came to a a head with my personal life, you know, my father passing and my divorce, where it was all of this, all these childhood wounds, you know, things that I hid. I, I, there were things with my father that I hid from even my mom and my grandmother and my family because I was um, other family and friends because I was so embarrassed and I didn't also wanted to protect him. And when he passed, I had realized like how that had festered even through my relationship with my ex-husband that I was going through the divorce with. So it really brought everything to a head. Like, wow, I was had all these vulnerable moments, but I wasn't healing myself because I was hiding them. And so really it's the I- irony is that bringing it to the light first for myself, just acknowledging it for myself and then sharing it with, you know, my smaller like inner circle and then taking it out to this kind of platform, sharing it with you all, all of you who I don't even know from some of you, right? How that again is seen as vulnerable is actually I have no other choice, right? Because all this other plate, all this other um, pattern of hiding it um, was not working for me. And I think that a lot of people can probably relate to that, right? Keeping quiet, which you think is keeping you from that being in a space of being capable of being wounded, right? It wasn't working anymore. Keeping quiet is no more long is no longer a choice. And bringing it out to the light, and yes, there might be a potential threat <laughs> of still being hurt, but it can't be as bad as what it was on the other side of being quiet. And I think that that is one of the reasons why the Me Too movement is such a it's such a big movement and, you know, there's so much else that's also happening in our world because of this, um, this realization and why it is being so celebrated and how we are all inspiring. I mean, that's really what this platform of using um, this podcast, the space in between is really for is um, celebrating people's stories, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. So I thought it's definitely a good word for us to sit with in here in this space in between. Um, So that's a little bit about my path in terms of bringing, again, being in this, having these vulnerable experiences, trying to protect myself from any further potential being wounded, and then realizing how I have to step into the light and expose it for what it is because there is no other choice, right? You having to share it for myself with others, um, there is no other choice. I can't go back to the other way because I'm just continuing, I would just be continuing the cycle of being wounded. So I thought it would be nice to share with you, you know, some of the tools that definitely helped me um, make this transition. In case you are feeling kind of in that space of, uh, 
I have this secret. And it doesn't have to be bad, you know, even in the definition it said pain or joy. Um, it doesn't have to be a bad secret. It doesn't have to be some sort of trauma that you experience. It could be a secret of um, having feelings for somebody or having a secret career that you want to try out, right? Or something that you're just not um, really afraid. You're a little bit afraid to tell anybody because they might, you know, turn your dream into mm, something that's ridiculous, a ridiculous idea, right? They might talk about it negatively and you don't want that to crush your dream in some way. So again, it doesn't have to be a painful experience. It could be something that you're holding on to that you're just a little bit afraid of bringing to the light. Um, so some of the things that I was I, that have helped me. One, I've always been a journal writer. I love writing in my, my journal. Um, just writing the words of whatever that is that you want to bring to the light is huge, right? Being able to get it out of your mind and on your in your hand, in a pen, onto the paper, and then seeing the words reflected right back at you, it's like, whoa, um, it brings it to reality. And so that has always been a, a tool that I've used over the years, and I've definitely talked about that again in previous podcasts. But one that was really mind-blowing for me, um, I'm not a big person that takes a lot of pictures of myself, especially the selfies. <laughs> Anyone who's done a selfie with me knows, like, I don't know the angles. I, yeah, <laughs> I'm not a, yeah, I, you know, it's, it's fine. I don't mind getting pictures. I love seeing pictures with friends and everything, but it's not really something that I do too often. But, um, you know, before we did the podcast, uh, Nomad, we had an online studio. And so we would do videos of our practices, you know, to teach practices, but we also had these little talks. And so I would do these like short meditations and kind of Nomad talks as we called them. And I would usually share a little bit that was happening in my life, you know, a little bit of a kind of like a video diary in a sense, but there was always a purpose to it. It wasn't just me Hopefully, it didn't sound like me blabbing around, you know, about whatever. And there was always, it was always a purpose to it. But what I was finding is during that time when I was, um, you know, building the online studio library and having these talks, how I would look back at them, you know, just to see if the lighting was right and, you know, you could hear my voice and all that. But I was learning a lot about myself, too, of seeing myself in a different way, hearing my voice seeing myself from a different angle that I don't maybe normally see when I look in the mirror. And, you know, it was a very vulnerable space for myself to look at myself in a different way. And I suggest maybe trying that for yourself too, um, just to share, right? You don't have to go and, and say all that you want to do out into the world. Maybe just start with you. So maybe start with writing. Maybe start with like a little video blog. And then again, see yourself from the other side. So you can start to build that relationship with yourself. Um, and allow yourself to see you in those tender moments. Right? Allow yourself to see and experience yourself in those tender moments. And um, realize that what you have to share is actually a gift. It's not something that people are out to crush and, you know, your dreams to crush or judge you in some way. 
And uh, honestly, if they do, they're not supposed to be in your life anyways. But maybe if you start to see you in a different light, then you'll have a bit more courage to share um, those more vulnerable moments with others in a beautiful way. And another one that, you know, just recently, you know, if you follow us on Instagram, uh, Nomad or Movement 109, I've been doing these videos uh, to promote Movement 109 of me dancing. Um, I have been, it's been so much fun just doing my practice. You know, sometimes I put on a pretty dress because it's fun um, and I'll dance around and uh, it's just been such a joy. And I thought, wow, what if everybody could experience them th themselves dancing? And so that's another way of being vulnerable in a really joyful way, right? Maybe that video journal is you sharing something that's, again, a little bit hard to share, but then follow it up with a dance. <laughs> um, that has been so enlightening for me too, to, to see myself dance. You know, I, I am grateful because I was a dancer in my professional life and but I'll always be a dancer at heart and to be able to first just see that in myself again and re like reignite that fire within me um, but also to share it with other people and get them to dance too to get in their body again um, or maybe for the first time has been such a joy so I think I'm going to actually incorporate these um, dance dance video journal things into Movement 109 in some way. So just stay tuned to that for that. But you can start to do it on your own. Like I said, maybe you just do like a little video of yourself dancing to your favorite song and then um, check it out. Look at the beauty that you are. Look at the joy um, that your body experiences when you dance. And again, see yourself in a different light. And then the other tool I thought was, you know, something fun to work with, and I'm going to work with this a little bit too, is um, maybe it's time to take it away from yourself, right? You've shared it with your writing, your video journal or dancing, but maybe there's another way of expressing those vulnerable moments to, if it's not a friend yet, maybe you need to just share it with the universe in some way. So I was thinking of writing down whatever that is, that secret, that thing that you're not quite ready to bring to the light, to write it down and leave it somewhere for somebody anonymous to find it. Yeah, so you leave it anonymous and then somebody else on the other side can find it. So I'm not here to encourage littering or vandalism, but can you leave your secrets, um, your special whatever that is, declaration or past experience, can you leave it for somebody to find and let it be just that gesture to the universe to put it out there and bring it to the lights? And I'll let you get creative with that. <laughs> um, maybe we'll start a whole movement um, with that. <clears throat> so those are just some tools of, you know, learning and practicing how to be vulnerable with it with yourself first right see yourself in that light um, whether it's the light of pain or joy but bringing it out to the light for yourself to experience it and being compassionate with yourself first right 
If you can't be compassionate with yourself first, then how can you even fathom how other people will take you when you bring, bring that out to the light? And then the other thing I wanted to talk about was, um, or ask the question, maybe you can help answer the question, is there such a thing as too much vulnerability? Um, last weekend, or just yesterday, I guess, <laughs> Uh, we discuss this in ethics for our teacher training. Right? As part of Yoga Alliance standards, we cover ethics of yoga in our in our trainings. And so this conversation always comes up in uh, in ethics of the so of social media's role, right? And how can you participate ethically? And um, and I think that this also vulnerability comes up too. You know, we talked about that yesterday of just how now there's this whole wave, you know, before it was really just people putting up pretty pictures of themselves and yoga poses and, you know, is that, what is that doing? Is that doing harm for people? Is it actually, you know, empowering people? So we always have that conversation. Um, but the conversation that came up yesterday was also, you know, uh, the stories, too, of people sh really sharing everything under the sun, you know, sharing everything, being vulnerable. And um, is there such a thing as too much, right? Are they looking at it? You could be seen as looking at it for just looking for attention, right? Um, so we had a bit of a conversation about that as well and how social media plays a role and you know and I definitely have put out there you know a little bit more about my own story and being vulnerable there um, on Instagram and Facebook um, and then even here you know this is sort of a social media platform too with podcasts um, but what it always comes down to me uh, and for anything for social media is intention you know, and we've talked about this word intention before. And intention really, again, another buzzword in our in our world here is intention is, the meaning of intention is to stretch inward, right? So if you can go inwards and see if what you're about to put outwards is in line with what is within you, right? Then yes, it's appropriate, right? If you feel that putting yourself in a picture, um, you know, on Instagram in your bikini doing a yoga pose with your leg around your head, uh, standing on a finger, right? If that's in line with your inner intention, right? What's in line within you, then by all means do it. Um, and there, as long as it's aligned with your intention, then it's necessary. Right, as opposed to attention, where it's the stretch outward, and if you're putting it out there to just get the the likes and and really the validation, uh, the outward validation of what's inside, then I think that there can be a little bit of a problem there. Right, um, so it comes to that stretch inward rather than the stretch outward. Right, reaching outwards beyond yourself to get the validation of what you don't quite know what's inside of yourself. Um, and so coming to that, again, that idea of, you know, sharing too much, is it, is there such a thing as being too vulnerable? And again, I think that as long as it's aligned with what's inside of you, if you feel that you need to bring that story or that feeling or that thought out into the world, right, via social media, 
because maybe it will help somebody else and give them their own voice, right? Empower their own voice, then yeah, it's necessary. Um, if you're doing it just to, again, see how many likes you get, and it's a little bit more um, shallow in that respect, uh, then yeah, maybe maybe it's not necessary. And I will say, with that said, yeah, I do enjoy receiving likes too. My ego does enjoy getting the validation outwards. But whenever I go and before I put a post up, I always do ask myself, like, why, why am I doing this? Is this necessary? Especially if it is a picture or a video of myself. Uh, I always make sure that it's going to be helping somebody else too, inspiring somebody else too, empowering somebody else too. Um, and then if I get some likes, ego is happy with that too. <laughs> We're human. We're all human. Uh, so yeah, that is my take on vulnerability. Again, we define the word, what it means. I shared a little bit about my path to it and some tools and how you can incorporate, you know, this practice of vulnerability if you feel ready for it. Writing in a journal, a video journal, seeing yourself, having that space for self-reflection, actually looking at yourself from a different angle, seeing your own beauty in those moments of pain and joy. And then again, I highly recommend if you do a video journal that is a bit more um, challenging to share if it's, you know, bit more painful follow it up with a dance video <laughs> bring some joy yeah we're all out here doing so much amazing inner personal work and I think it's really important to celebrate with joy to move with joy as my mantra is for 2019 move with joy so yes we do the work but then we also get to celebrate ourselves too and then another tool that I shared was write it down, write it, whatever that, that, um, secret is that you're bringing, you want to bring out to the light, write it somewhere where somebody else can find it, right? For the universe to, uh, shed some light on it. And, um, and then again, how is, is vulnerability, to, is there such a thing as too much vulnerability? So that's where we are with vulnerability. I'm curious to know how this sits with you. Um, if you enjoyed it, yeah, send me some likes. <laughs> um, no, but really, let us know how how these are all sitting with you. You know, what we're sharing here is, again, really just to, to help all of us on the path. You know, it helps me um, just as much um, as it helps you. You know, being able to get that feedback from you helps me guide where where the next one goes right where it's like you are kind of my little breadcrumbs you know leading me to to the next the next step so getting your feedback is really super helpful um so if you're listening to this on a platform where you can write comments or on social media or if you're at our website or you can go over to our website we also have a comment section um, for each uh, podcast post you can definitely post there would love to get your feedback um, and then speaking of the Nomad website, we have so much happening at Nomadland. Uh, wrapping up this month, this Thursday at Bar, Body, and Soul, I'll be back there for one more class, Movement 109, this Thursday at 530. 
And then April is my birthday month. So if you want to send me presents, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, no, my, your present would be your presence at these next events. Uh, April 14th, I'm collaborating. So I get to do, in my birthday month, I get to do my favorite things. I get to dance and I get to collaborate with some really talented people that I love and I respect. So April 14th is the first event happening at Bar, Body, and Soul again. That's Sunday, April 14th with uh, Erica Forcell, who was on a couple of weeks ago, uh, and she's going to be collaborating with me. She's bringing breath work, and then I will be following up. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'll be doing move Movement 109, and then we'll lead into breath work. So it's a beautiful practice. If you haven't already done any sort of breath work, I highly recommend coming to this event. We talked a little bit about it in the podcast a couple of weeks ago. You can go back and listen to Erica's podcast. Uh, but we were talking about how Movement 109 and Breathwork were just different doors into the same place, right, into the same space. And we thought after that, after that podcast, we we're like, oh, well, why don't we bring them together and see what happens there? So we're going to make some magic happen. It'll be a very healing day. Again, that's April 14th at 4 p.m. at Bar, Body, and Soul. And then that following Thursday, April 18th, I will be in the city, which I'm so excited about. Uh, it's been officially nine years since I left the city. Uh, and when I left the city, I had a very short span, my lifespan of Movement 109 as my dance company. And now I'm returning to it with a new light, a new perspective, um, and a new movement class. So Movement 109 is coming April 18th at Energy at Union Square. It's a really lovely event space. They opened up, I think, back in October, she said, Roxanne, uh, Roxy said. And so we're going to be doing uh, an event there with my friend, novelist, and professional tarot reader now, Margot Berwin. She'll be doing uh, short tarot readings after Movement 109 that evening. So come on down to the city, April 18th at 6 p.m. It'll be a really special night. And at the end of the month, I'm collaborating with my two nomad teachers, Amy and Jessica. Uh, April 27th and 28th, we'll be doing our weekend tribe training. So we're just about to wrap up our 200 hour at West Point. Um, but we thought, you know, it's really, we have these great tools and we want to share them with people who are already in the space of being teachers, you know, yoga teachers, or maybe you have a different platform. Maybe you're an officer, you're in the military already, um, or ha or you're a social worker. You have some way of sharing these tools of yoga to active duty. And so this weekend training will be doing just that, sharing how to integrate the tools of yoga into military life. So again, you don't have to be in the military, but if you have, you know, an urge to work with the military community or already LinkedIn in some way, this will be the training for you. You can find out more about that at, and the other events at nomadalwaysathome.com. That'll be April 27th and 28th from 1 to 7 p.m. And also yoga teachers, it'll be 12 hours of continuing education through Yoga Alliance. So you'll get your points. <laughs> And then beyond April, we are going to Belize with my friend and uh, colleague, Becca Roberts from Namastasis Yoga Studio. She and I are collaborating. 
and going to Belize November 17th through the 22nd. So I'm hoping that I can get my act together and get all of the information up by the time you hear this. So go over to Nomad Always at Home and find out more. And we have more awesome things coming up too. So stay tuned. Every week we'll have something new, it seems like. And uh, yeah, I think that is it for today. Let us know what you think about this whole thing about vulnerability. Have a good one.